When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. into on to waveland pre-deadline edition it's uh the chicago cubs podcast here at the athletic i'm brett taylor joined by sahadab sharma and patrick mooney we're here to talk cubs and i hope you guys canceled those october cruises you had lined up because this team is making a run uh <laughs> so the cubs took two three of four from the cardinals which you know, when we sat and we talked last week at the start of the week, it was basically I needed to see them sweep the White Sox and take three or four from the Cardinals. And then I would say they can't possibly sell. They have to buy. You know, that was what I said then. As I sit here today, that is exactly what happened. So I have to be married to that. I think um, it it tracks with the report this weekend from Jesse Rogers that I think was echoed by Ken Rosenthal uh, thereafter that the Cubs have maybe informed some interested teams that they won't be trading Cody Bellinger. And while that strictly speaking does not preclude them trading any other players or not necessarily buying, I think it, it tracks with our sense of where things were headed over the last uh, three, four or five days. And I think we will go into this deadline tomorrow at 5 PM central expecting the Cubs to be uh, light light buyers if if anything that's that's kind of what i'm that's where i'm gearing myself up for over this next uh next day yeah i i mean i'd i'd uh i don't know if surprise is the right word yeah I, yeah i guess i'd be surprised if they don't uh, do at least one small addition to the bullpen at like particularly a lefty uh you know, if they can find a right-handed bat, I think they'd be thrilled uh, with that. You could go one-stop shopping to the Mets and see, you know, Brooks Raley, Mark uh, Canna, uh, see if see if those guys are available. Uh, something like that makes a lot of sense. The price doesn't seem like it'd be insane. I'd still I'd still love to see something big in the sense like of a controllable uh, pitcher or bat seems really unlikely but that's that's very unlikely to happen you know it's just not too too little time to get that done but I think it would make so much sense uh just not probably not realistic and and not where their their focus I think right now is is trying to trying to supplement this team and and kind of show a little bit of faith in the group for the first time in uh what we're, we're talking really four years since uh, the Cubs have had this opportunity in a real season. Uh, and, and I, you know, as much as uh, 
as much as there may be flaws with this team or or this team, you know, no, nobody looks at this team and says, yeah, this team, this is a team that can go on a run and, and win the World Series. Uh, I think it's really uh, important for fans to stop looking at things like that and, and thinking, like, how can we get prospects and how can we be beef up the 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 farm system and and just enjoy this enjoy a team finally being in the playoff hunt in august and september it's been a while think about that it was pre-pandemic i mean just put it in that perspective for people it's been a long time since you've been able to say my team can make a playoff run looks good for a 162 game season uh so fans should focus on that and enjoy that instead of focusing on the flaws of this team and and wondering how it it may fall apart yeah and i think the bullpen may not be on the verge of falling apart but they've leaned on some of these you know circle of trust guys pretty hard for a long time and like all of them are you know at or near kind of uh you know career highs or they're well beyond their career norms like what they have been doing and we still got two months to go here so there's no way they don't add to the bullpen I just don't see a scenario in which you know Jed comes up empty-handed here it won't be that hard to uh get a couple brand names a left-handed option really felt it the other night you know they had that four-run lead in, in St. Louis and it always feels different at Bush Stadium I just feel like the Cardinals even when even though they're bad this year, there's still that kind of lurking sense of like something bad is going to happen to the Cubs. And, you know, Mike Talkman can't always make insane uh, game saving catches. And like, I don't know, you see them with a four run lead and like, it's still kind of like, Ooh, like Assad and um, coming in there after lighter had loaded the bases. And then you're bringing in Palencia, a guy who was what, like starting in double a, not that long ago, like, trying to close out the Cardinals, even though it wasn't quite a safe situation. Like they've operated without an experienced left-handed reliever, like the entire year. I mean, it's time to give uh, Ross and his coaching staff, someone with a little more <clears throat> know-how you kind of the, even though Fulmer's been better, he hasn't quite been that guy. Brad Boxberger has not been that guy. Like, you know, give him someone uh, that he can trust uh, late in the game. Uh, I think it would go a long way. I mean, we've, we're talking about this weekend. Like, you know, do you remember where you were when the Cubs signed Mike Talkman to a minor league deal in the middle of January? Like, no, but <laughs> they are good at finding some of these role players. That's how this team is built. And I think that if you add like two smaller pieces, it could make a really big impact down the stretch. It reminds me a lot. This this temperature reminds me a lot of 2015, the deadline specifically, where we knew at that time the Cubs were competitive. You know, there, there was never like a buy-sell debate at that time. Um, they didn't really have a, guys that they would be selling at that time anyway, even if, you know, they didn't have a Cody Bellinger and a Marcus Stroman on expiring deals. But they also, they they were still trailing a good bit in the division, quite a bit more than they are now. Uh, still trailing in the wild card, I believe, by by a handful of games. Trailing fewer teams than they are now, but the Cubs, uh, of course, with Jed Hoyer as the GM at that time, went out and got Dan Heron and Tommy Hunter, uh, each of whom were like 
useful contributor types, you know, very low cost. I, I could not tell you as I sit here today who they traded for those guys. That's rare for me. Usually I can't remember those things pretty closely. And so um, I think that's indicative of the tier that they were looking at at the time. They needed innings. They needed arms to just kind of help stabilize things. Kind of the point, Mooney, you were making about this year's bullpen group. The Cubs are just going to need some additional innings, uh, you know, Certainly, it's possible that, um, you know, Julian Merriweather, for example, who hasn't been healthy before long enough to to throw 60 plus innings, maybe he will be this year. And that's fine. But I mean, historically, he hasn't been. And, you know, I think you have to guard against a lot of those things now at the deadline if you're a team like the Cubs, where even if you don't see yourself as this aggressive buyer because your playoff odds are in the 30 percent range, you still have to utilize the deadline as your last opportunity to backstop things. And for this Cubs team, you know, like Zahadev said, I I would like them to find another bench bat. I think there'd be some value in that. I kind of was bummed last night when CJ Crone went to the Angels in a deal that with Randall Gritchick that didn't seem, I don't know, didn't seem all that onerous. Um, But certainly in the bullpen, I agree with you, Patrick, that there's no way the Cubs don't add innings you know it may not be I don't I don't see them as in on like the back end super elite impact arms if they're made available because those tend to be the teams those tend to go to the teams that know they're in the playoffs know they're going to need those most valuable innings you know the most valuable innings in any season are the late innings in a playoff game and so that's why those late inning relievers are so valuable at the deadline to certain types of teams course it's what we saw in 2016 with their oldest Chapman in the Cubs um so I don't know that I see the Cubs this year playing in that tier of reliever but there there will be guys available and they'll be able to make something happen and it may not knock anyone's socks off but it, it will help provide some additional floor in the bullpen that um is improving throughout this year but that doesn't necessarily have a ton of guys that you you trust Brett, you're not. I know you're in Chicago, but you're not going to the game, right? That's uh, no. I'm going. Oh, you, to, I'm you going are. Tonight, yeah. You are going tonight. Yep. Okay. I mean, I just uh, like for me, it feels like these past two weeks for Cubs fans has have to be some of the best games, the most fun or stressful or most uh, invested fans have been in a while. Uh, I mean, I just think back on some of the crazy wins they've had. They've had some tough losses, obviously, multiple times with, uh, I think all three of us have said, well, well, that's the end, that, that, you know, this pushes them to sellers. And I don't think we were being unfair. But, I mean, just look back. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying that Talkman game was, like, the biggest win or the most uh, pumped maybe fans have been since the David Bodie homer in a regular season game. But I, I felt like the, the Ian Happ two guys thrown out at home was similarly impactful in the sense like, holy cow, did that just happen? Like, how how do you win a game like that? I mean, to have games like that in the past two weeks, uh, fan, like I hope fans are really enjoying it because it just feels to me like watching them, it's been like, wow, this has been a while since I've cared about the result of the game this late in the season for the Cubs. And that's, you know, that, that should be a good feeling. Just been like, I was just looking at the the games and two things took stood out to me, just some crazy wins, some exciting wins. But do you realize that in July, if the pitching staff has allowed three runs or fewer, the Cubs won every single game until yesterday. 
Yesterday was the first time in July they didn't win a game where if the pitching staff kept it at three runs or fewer, they 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 lost. Uh, which is exactly how this team is built, right? You, if this team can, uh, you know, keep the opposition down as far as offensively, uh, they're 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 going to win the game. Uh, that that's how it should work out. So it's finally working that way. I'm not sure if they're. Uh, David Ross made a comment, uh, uh, Patrick, you were there the other night, where he said, basically, we don't win this game earlier in the year. I honestly don't know if the team's that much more different than, like, they're just getting that hit. They're just getting, like, it's a, it's a lot of things are just finally going their way. And, and, I, and I think this is what I was talking about early in the season. It was even two weeks ago, it was kind of driving me nuts where it was just like, man, I usually don't feel like the team is, you know, the team is just their record, like, or maybe worse sometimes. And and this was the first time in a while where I was like, wow, it's really frustrating to have to cover a team that I think is better than they than their record says. It'd be a lot easier if this team just won some games so I could actually understand or, or like point to it and say like, see, this is what I think this team is. And, and they're about there now, uh, you know, around a 500 team. And, and if they surprise us and keep going on a run, I think that'd be great. And this is where you do it, right? The trade deadline, you improve yourself. And then after the trade deadline, a lot of the teams that you're going to be facing aren't going to be as good, right? But this week is huge. This week is going to be really fascinating and interesting. Uh, their numbers against lefty pitchers have somehow cratered. cratered. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Nico Horner has a 21 weighted runs graded plus against lefties this month. 21. He's at like 80 for the season. Uh, like they have a lot of guys that are just struggling this month against lefties, uh, which makes it which which I guess just like emphasizes because uh, when I when when Patrick and I are, like started digging in like who may they be going after and I heard righty bat I was like huh what what have I not been paying attention to and then I looked and I was like oh wow they're they're really struggling against lefties it just stood out to me that uh they don't really have many guys that are hitting lefties right now even though it's not like they're a lineup loaded with uh, lefty bats or something it's just they don't they don't have those bats that are really crushing the lefties uh which I, I think that would be like Fans are, I know I've noticed some stuff on Twitter where fans are like, oh, that doesn't really move the needle. They're not going to move the needle this this deadline. Just just get someone that you can hope surprises or turns it on or is just productive in a certain way. And that means hitting, if it, that means hitting lefties, great. And same thing with the relievers. If you can, ha- a lot of it is just getting these main guys rest, like Patrick said. Like it, they've just been leaning on Merriweather, Lighter, and, and Alzali. Uh, they they really need to just give them a break and and get some get some more depth on this team in in multiple ways and and I think it it can be a fun final two months at least keep keep people plugged in in August and September instead of start starting to talk about uh, Bears training camp and Justin Fields that Ross quote of we don't win this game earlier in the season definitely like you know my ears perked up as soon as he said it and I think it is. I think to your point, side that was basically Talkman's point when that idea was presented to him um, of just like, well, I think the Blues been there the whole time. And it's like, okay, whatever. We get it. Like the marquee camera is <laughs> right in your face. You have to kind of like, you know, uh, be on point. But I, I think it circled back to something Ross said 
in St. Louis. I think it might have even been before the Talkman game, and the Talkman game is now a thing I think we can uh, put in the vernacular <laughs> of just like, you know, this is kind of a different team, though, if you look at the personnel and how they've been able to group things, and that obviously Talkman uh, is a big part of that. Uh, you know, Christopher Morell's uh, Des Moines sabbatical, uh, you know, where he found the light of <laughs> what he needed to do. Uh, the bullpen was obviously a mess at the beginning of the year, and they have found, um, you know, kind of the right uh, mix with that. And then you had, you know, the Cody Pellinger uh, knee injury uh, was huge. I mean, obviously that was is just um, had a huge impact on the lineup, and then you missed Dansby, and it's like all of a sudden when those, like, pieces are in place, I looked at the... You know, the game notes has the injured list, um, all the names, and I'm like, am, am I not missing one? Like, this is pretty much close to full strength, right? I mean, I'm not like, obviously, there are guys coming into the year that you thought, you know, might, you know, certainly a Brandon Hughes, like, would be huge right now, but he's not there. But other than that, like, this is a pretty solid group. And, and I do think if you look in the media guide, like, Alzale's been awesome, but. You spend a lot of time on the injured list. You look at Merriweather, like, why was he traded earlier? Why didn't he stick with Toronto's? Because wasn't super durable. I mean, what they're asking Lighter to do um, is a lot. And, and I think, like, crossing your fingers that, like, Palencia and Kay and some of these other guys, like, I just don't think you can, like, out-infrastructure your way to, like, uh, the playoffs. I think that you just need some experience and we all know how Ross is wired. Like he's very uh, receptive to the front office. He takes in the information, but he's also a guy who played a long time in the big leagues. And is like, he wants someone who's pitched in front of 40,000 people in September before. Like he just, you need a guy like that uh, in the back end who you can trust. And I think the Cubs will hope maybe that, uh, you know, Brad Boxberger is throwing again and maybe he comes back and he's healthy and contributes. And Brandon Hughes, it was interesting. I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast, but he was initially slated to get that sort of very serious leg surgery. He ended up not having that. They had just sort of a, a cleanup procedure and he may actually come back this year. But even if that's the case, you can't, that isn't a strategy upon which to build uh, a desire to stay in the race. You know, you, you, that'd be nice if they come back, but you have to sort of operate as though they're not. And, and like we said, the deadline represents the last real opportunity to make those supplements, especially now in the era where the August waiver trade period is gone. I mean, this is truly it, this deadline. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting, um, the, the Ross quote stood out to me too, but you guys, you guys handled it well in terms of the the two ways of thinking about would they have won that game earlier this year? Well, maybe not. I think he was offering it. I I, I read it as you know just sort of a a clubhouse something that you hear a manager say. You know, like we're 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 coming together and we you know. But it was funny to deconstruct it as well. Would they have uh, you know in terms of the way they have repositioned guys over the last couple of months. Another quote in the last couple of days that I thought really stood out was um, something that Kyle Hendricks said. Uh, I think it was after yesterday's start. So he had a nice, solid start in St. Louis, seven innings, three runs. And 
Um, he, you know, that's kind of what he's been this year, which has been incredible. Uh, it's really, really been incredible what he's contributed this year. And this was after it came out, you know, that the Cubs were not going to trade Cody Bellinger. It was after they had gone over 500, sort of the Talkman game had happened and everyone's expecting them to buy. And Hendricks nevertheless mentioned something to the effect of, you know, we'll really be able to exhale when the deadline passes. And I thought, especially coming from Kyle Hendricks, that speaks to not that there's doubt in the clubhouse about the front office proceeding with this group and trying to compete this year. But I think it more speaks to where we started this podcast that, you know, Sahadev was talking about. It's been years since this since we had a Cubs team to look at in August and September and say, you know, they're still going, they're still going, they're still competing. They're still, you know, there's still a chance. And if you're Kyle Hendricks, who's been here uh, for the last several years of sell-offs and indeed is the last guy remaining, you could understand why he would still have that a little bit of a catch in inside himself of being like, you know what, let's just let the deadline actually pass. See that guys aren't traded away and then I can really exhale. And I wonder what the impact will be in the clubhouse um, once the deadline passes, whatever the Cubs do or don't do. I, I wonder if we don't think enough because they say all the right things. You know, the guys, they always say the right things about, well, we're just focused on today's game, or, but they're humans. And so you do wonder if there's going to be a nice little emotional uh, burst for them when the deadline passes and Cody Bellinger really is still there and Marcus Stroman really is still there. Uh, I do wonder what the impact will be. Yeah. I think we'll get a little bit more honesty to be, to be frank. Like uh, we finally started hearing some of that. I felt like this week, some of the players were like, yeah, well, I mean, we know what's happening. We know we need to win. Like finally you started getting some of those quotes. Uh, I think the wins helped allowed them to kind of say it out loud. What, what was their reality, right? They they had to know that if they didn't win, a lot of those guys were going to be traded away. And and the more they lost, perhaps more players being traded away, right? Maybe it would have been a more significant sell-off if this was an eight-game losing streak instead of an eight-game winning streak. It, you know, it would be talking about a lot of players probably already traded uh, with some big moves coming in the next 24 hours, right? Uh Obviously, that's not the case. They put themselves in this position that uh, almost feels a little foreign. And I it, it really it uh, I feel like it's really setting them up well for the off season and and next season. I think that's that's a big thing we can we'll 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 be talking about over the coming months. And, and hopefully after the season, we, we, we focus on that. We're not uh, talking about them falling out of it in the next month. They can give us, give us something more to talk about as far as regular season and postseason goes. But it's, uh, it, it is interesting. I, I do agree, Brett, that there, there's going to, be, that, that quote was interesting to me. And just, I think we'll hear some things over the next couple of days from them finally talking about these things on the record. Uh, maybe not, maybe not someone like Dansby Swanson or, or some of the uh, guys that just try to stick to what they want to say uh, on the record. Uh, and, and just the belief in the team uh, that they've always had and, and the group and, Oh, we, we would have been fine 
either way. Uh, but but I do believe we'll we'll hear some like it's it's nice to see some faith in us from the from the front office. I'm glad this team stuck together. Yeah, it was weighing on us, but we were able to shut it out. Whatever it is, however it goes, I think there will be some of that, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they react uh, in the midst of a really tough stretch of games, which may probably is their toughest stretch of games the rest of the way like they, these six they don't have much tougher outside no, of, and they like, get the met yeah. they get the mets after this six so. right and then it's mets to toronto which is a tough series but not you know not impossible i mean this these are two hot teams that they're playing right now well one hot team and the best team in baseball right over this week so it's just not it's it's a nice little stretch for them to have right as they're playing well uh, to kind of, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what it does to, to them and, and, well, and how they react. Think, don't you think the front office kind of wishes the deadline was a week from now <laughs> instead of today? Like they're going to get a lot of information. They're going to get a lot of really valuable information this week that they can't use. Right. Right. Either way. Right. Whether like they can see their flaw, like they can see more of their flaws exposed too, and kind of get a better idea of how to cover those flaws. If, if they were in full buy mode or, or it's like, Ooh, there's just too many flaws to, <laughs> to cover up right now. I do think we'll hear from Marcus Stroman after tonight's start or after the deadline. Like I do think there's an element of that uh, to his recent, performance uh i think getting some clarity will probably give him uh a boost here it's only human we certainly saw that uh with other play players who rolled through chicago uh in recent years i think this group does deserve credit for just coming up huge when they absolutely had to it certainly stands out against the way the 2021 team just folded uh, before the All-Star break, the way the Joe Madden era ended just was such a huge crash against the Cardinals. Um, I do find it funny of certain commenters or people online being like, oh, they just did it against bad teams. It's like, dude, your team just pants the White Sox and Cardinals. Like, enjoy it, right? <laughs> I mean, just kind of like yeah. <laughs> go with that. But um you know, there's this little grace period. Like yesterday, I mean, it's you. You know, the Cubs won eight in a row, ten to twelve. Uh, it's Kyle Hendricks who pitched great. You know, maybe if Morel didn't mess up that ball in the first inning, there would be a little bit of tenor. But that was definitely a Sunday getaway kind of lineup vibe of just like you know walk into that clubhouse and you know Hendricks was in a super good mood because I mean that's he's always even kill. I'm not making it about Hendricks, but like you get. <clears throat> they have like no margin for error here, you know? So you get a little bit of grace period of, Hey, you know, good job. You know, you avoided the sell off, but yeah, you're going to have the reds and then the best team in baseball in Wrigley field. And it's like, you can't like coast here. There can't be that letdown. Like they, and Hendrick said that, like we've been in this mode for a while and you can't really uh, turn it off uh, to make buying worth it here. Right. It's like this, we've, we've talked about the things that needed to be done to get to this checkpoint and not sell and not buy, but that's all just a precursor to the level at which they would have to play to actually make the 
playoffs. And, and it is basically they've been really great in July. Now, they don't have to win another eight in a row necessarily from here, but they kind of have to be as good as they've been over the last month for the next two months in order to actually get to a win total that you could see realistically making the postseason. And um, yeah, you, you, you weirdly wouldn't want it to be um, kind of backwards of what you would expect where there's like a letdown of, all right, we got, we did it. We did the thing, the very hard thing we needed to do to get to the deadline and not sell off. Whew. And then, then there's a, a foot off the gas, especially given the opponents this week where I think it would be, not to armchair psychologists, any of the individual players, but I can imagine it would be easy if you did have a tough week this week against some good teams, especially when you need to beat in division. It, it would be maybe easy this weekend to look back and be like, ah, oh, shit, you know, we really, we, we, we screwed it. You know, we, we, we got where we needed to be and then we screwed it in a week. Instead of just being like, look, it's, we're back to, we're back to ground floor. This is a week where the Cubs just need to kind of hold serve. You know, if they could take two or three from the Reds and one of two from the Braves, fine. Great. Three and three. That's, that is fine because there are going to be opportunities to turn it back on against bad teams. Cause that's what good teams do is they beat bad teams and they hold serve against good teams. So hopefully that's, that's all that's, um, you know, required this week. Of course, if they would like to win more than that this week, that would, that would certainly be fine. Yeah, no, I was thinking about this in the sense, and I think it's four against the Reds, right? It, is it four against oh, the Reds? Sorry. Yeah. It, it, so you, if you come out of this week at five hundred, you survive, right? You're, you're, you should feel okay. And I think there is a sense of, um, there was a sense of we're following ever, we're, we're, we were straight up doing what we're not supposed to do during a baseball season, as far as fans go, as far as media members go, which is just. Every game, there was so much weight put on it for two weeks, basically since Michael Fulmer told us it's a you know we it's a must win, right? So it's been about three weeks then uh, in Milwaukee after they lost that game. Uh, it, it, a lot of must win, a lot of they can't drop these games, and it, it's time for the rest of us to kind of exhale. I think not the Cubs, right? But now it's just like. Okay, we don't have to stare at the standings and their record. They have two months to try and get in this race, stay in this race, and get a top one of those either wild card or or uh, or division. You don't have you, it's not this crunch time of of two weeks. Every game matters. Every it's just staring at the standings every day. Uh, I think that's. The, I was thinking about that. How it's like. Okay, this you're past that now. They they've done what they needed to do. Now just go stay in the race and, and try and chip away at the leads. Losing a game on one day doesn't crush you, right? Like you need, you just need to stay at a steady pace and try and catch those teams. And that, and you've shrunk the lead so much. What it was, what it's a four game division lead, and yeah, it was it, it had fallen to it what was over, eight nine? It was seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they've done a lot of work in the past two weeks. You just keep chipping away, and if you can do one a week, that's a big. That's a big. Those are that'd be huge, essentially. If you can keep it, if you don't fall far back and just keep chipping away, uh, you're you're fine. So three and four this week, I, I don't think is the end of the world. Yeah, I think um, 
I totally spaced. Oh, here. I think the we have kind of lost track of the Reds and Brewers to a certain ex- extent. I mean, obviously, there was that crazy series in Milwaukee. I was thinking of, you know, Talkman's huge hit there. What was it against Devin Williams? Like, that was one of those games that felt like a definite loss. Obviously, the Reds, you know, got super hot there and were like the, the talk of baseball. But I think deep down in that clubhouse, like something that they would like never prob- publicly announce is that I don't think they think they're that good, either of those teams. You know what I mean? And I'm that's not my opinion. That I think is kind of how they're looking at the road ahead. Now, they obviously have to go out and prove it. <laughs> and the Brewers are very good at kind of, uh, you know, outperforming expectations and surprising people. But, you know, Tyone mentioned this the other day of like, this is how we're built that it's depth it's kind of role players it's it's the matchups it's kind of navigating the other team's lineup um bellinger is this what joe madden would call like a force multiplier of like all the pieces look a lot better that way i mean i gotta say like uh Dansby Swanson this weekend, just watching him play shortstop, like the that double play in the ninth inning and the Talkman catch obviously overshadowed it, but he made two huge defensive plays, you know, in, in a one run game that won't show up on a highlight reel. There's not really, you know, it's not like putting a hit in the box score, but like he brings it defensively and just makes all of these, you know, Difficult kind of like 50-50 plays look so smooth and so easy. And I think that that is another thing that's going to show up here big time over the last two months. It doesn't guarantee anything, but uh, you can kind of sort of see like where they were going with this uh, this past offseason when they made these investments. Yeah, I was thinking about that. There was that uh, chopper. It was a Wilson Contreras chopper, I think, in the Talkman game where Dansby Swanson charged hard on it. And it was, he, he does that routinely. He makes it look like a play that just, oh yeah, everybody makes that play. But if you step back and look at it and that would have scored a run, you look at it and you're like, wait a minute, no, that's a really good play that he just made look very easy because he's so, um, I like that, the, the 50, 50 plays that he makes look easy that anyone else is there. You see it as 50, 50. Um, all right. Well, should we leave it there? Should that be it before the deadline? Um, the Cubs, as uh, we said, they've got the Reds this week and then the Braves. But in the interim, of course, the trade deadline will come 5 p.m. Central on Tuesday. There are no games scheduled at that time. Baseball has done this thing now where I believe all the games start after the deadline. So we are robbed of hug watch on the actual deadline itself. Uh, so anything that's going to happen, it's going to happen uh, around tonight's game or tonight's games or during the day tomorrow. So we will be back at you on Thursday to talk about the results of the games, the results of the deadline and uh, where things are trending for the Cubs. It is nice. As we have said, it's nice to be caring about these games right now. Uh, July 31st Cubs still in the race. We uh, is on to Waveland. Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Patrick Mooney and Sahadik Sharma. Get theirs at The Athletic. And you have yourself a nice swell week in the meantime. Take care.